0: Cicero,
1: Lipschitz,
0: and now the six merry murderesses of the Cook County Jail, in their rendition of. We're going to point your toes. The adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I'm your co-host Danielle Polangelo. And I'm your co-host Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City we'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths.
1: With that being said, let's get into today's topic. Well, technically not today's
0: topic just yet. We kind of want to discuss why we haven't released episodes in a while. Um, And honestly, it kind of goes back to the last episode that we posted reopening. So as you guys know, Danielle and I are teachers, you know, in the New York City school system. And as summer is coming to a close for us, we've gone back into lesson planning and pre things like that i randomly ended up directing a show during this time um and we're also still dealing dealing with a global pandemic and civil unrest uh so you know there's like a lot happening um i am still in the south visiting family at the moment so that kind of also throws a wrench into mine danielle did a little time out west visiting her family as well so we kind of haven't been around because of life but we've missed you all
1: Yeah, we're really excited to be back with kind of the start of the school year, which is kind of how our calendars work and back. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I think we both needed time with our families, which has been really nice. Like Tony said, he's still um, seeing his family. I had been away for two weeks seeing my family and then um, got back into work two weeks ago, which has been, you know, just trying to get everything set up and ready to go and figure out how we're going to teach online for at least six weeks and then uh, see what happens after that. But, um, you know, everything's good. We're good. We're excited to talk with you guys again.
0: Um, So, yeah. Now, that being said, let's get to today's topics. (laughs) Movie musicals. So Hamilton is still a buzzword around all non-theater people who now have a chance to have seen the show and are talking about it. So much so that it was, it was such a huge moneymaker for Disney and Disney Plus that Netflix has swooped in and asked Diana, the Princess Diana musical that was literally supposed to be premiering on Broadway this uh, past spring, to go back into rehearsals and film it so that they can uh, produce it mm-hmm. on Netflix. Uh, so that is in the works like they are currently in. Well, I think they might have just finished rehearsals and they might have start filming. Um, so that got mm-hmm. me thinking of like We haven't really talked in great detail about movie musicals and this genre in general. Um, and so like we got to start with what are they, you know, like our movie musicals are often the stage adaptation or they take a stage adaptation of a musical and they put it into the film world when well, they don't have the limitations of the stage kind of caught in there. Um, one of the best examples of that to me is like, uh, Chicago, you know, we get to see the giant courtroom full of people in the 1920s cameras and, uh, the kind of, we get to see the world of Chicago, like the city itself. And, um, In the movie Chicago, you know, it's not just a Broadway stage where we're suspending disbelief. We actually get to see the city of Chicago. You know, we get to see them dragged into the courthouse. We get to see the jail cells. You know, we get to see the frumpy apartment that Amos shares with Roxy. You know, we get to see all of those visuals and things Mm -hmm. that are normally ignored, you know, or the sound of music. She's singing, she gets to sing The Hills Are Alive. The Hills Are Alive on a giant mountain where there are heels roaming on either side of her, you know, like that doesn't get to happen on a Broadway stage, no matter how much money yeah. you pump into.
1: And I will say that um, back in the like 40s, 50s, 60s, moving musicals were huge. Some uh, some musicals started as stage adapt- adaptations and became Um, Hollywood musical films and some actually started as a musical on camera a musical film that was then brought into um, the stage and I think something that like you know used to be done back then a lot was like just like you were saying with Chicago is like we would use actual choreography and staging and all the songs but just actually have it set on a real You know set even if it's on a sound stage it's a sound stage that looks like you're in the actual city or building or space and not just like you using some props on stage which is amazing but you get more of those visuals and then for a long time um it didn't happen right i would say like after the 60s it kind of like that was it the one we had for the long time that we had like you could but, argue we had like fame and stuff but that's not even necessarily like the same that's no, not what we're really talking about we, like
0: for us and we'll kind of talk about fame the movie or the television show because i there's a difference there for mm-hmm. some of those diehard hard fan, fans of fame like i remember like in high school spanish class we would always watch west side story if our teacher was like out or mm-hmm. you know like th- those years when me and danielle were like in high school and like, middle school and high school like Well, for middle school, for sure, there was like nothing. It was maybe, you know, West Side Story that was kind of around. Um, And then when we were in high school, Hairspray, like towards the end of our high school years, the movie Hairspray came out and that was a big movie musical for a while. And then Rent finally got its movie musical debut. Um, But they still weren't, like those were kind of like anomalies for the Broadway community to have something. Um, but there wasn't like a large, there wasn't like a lot, you know, a large push.
1: No, there wasn't. I would definitely say that, you know, back in the, in the golden age, which was like our, our, you know, thirties to fifties and into the sixties, like that's really, um, you know it was normal to have these movie musicals they were part of the hollywood culture they were huge you know cult hits and i think it wasn't until chicago came out i believe in i'm going to look it up right now cuz i don't want to i don't want to say the wrong date but when chicago came out that was kind of like the first reintroduction in a couple of decades to movie musicals and then we had dream girls come out after that and then hairspray and i do agree i think hairspray was more like um almost like trying to appease some Broadway fans. But I do think like Chicago and Jean Girl specifically were and we'll delve into this, like extremely, extremely well done adaptations that were just brought it back to what those old old school style like taking a musical and putting it on a film set meant. Oh and
0: Chicago too. came out in
1: two thousand and two. Yeah, so that was like
0: we were technically still in middle school then. Uh, yeah, we were in morning. middle
1: school, and then Dreamgirls. I remember being in high school when Dreamgirls came out.
0: Uh, and the thing with like the reason why Chicago and Dreamgirls stand out as much as they did, Hairspray did not have a large amount of celebrity pool. They did have Amanda Amanda Bynes and Harvey Fierstein and Kristen Chenoweth, but they were not. They were known within the Broadway community, or a young Amanda Bynes to a younger audience. But, like Chicago taking Whoa. Renee Zellweger or Richard Gere you know and turning you know showcasing them in those lights it was something that would just like do a lot of attention or Dreamgirls put Beyoncé and Jamie Foxx cool. in it and Eddie Murphy I think in it. I so,
1: think that's the thing I think that's the thing that that Chicago and Dreamgirls specifically did so well was yes they had big names right like yes we have Catherine Zeta-Jones and you know Queen Latifah and we have Like you were saying... um, Lucy Liu makes a cameo appearance. And and Jamie Foxx. Right, yes, right? So like we have all these people, right? And then Jennifer Hudson was like, that was like her big breakout post um, American Idol situation. Mm -hmm. But I think something that those two films did extremely well and why they were so successful as they were was because they found big names that (laughs) that could actually sing. Yep. So they found these big names that were currently big in Hollywood, right? Like everyone knows who Beyonce is. Like Jamie Foxx was killing it during then. Everyone knows who Eddie Murphy is. Um, you know, like Renee Zellweger, like that was the highlight, like the early 2000s, like that was her jam, like every, you know, everyone knows who Richard Gere is. Right. And he was like the least like quote unquote talented, I would say out of that whole cast. So that says oh, yeah. a lot about the talent they were able to
0: pull. Or Queen, La- um, Queen Latifah as Mama Morton earned her, like, uh, her spot as Mama, uh, as Motorbell, as Motormouth Maybel in Hairspray, you know, like that. Right.
1: But like, I think that's what I mean. I think like something that whoever was on that casting committee and the director for them, which I don't think was the same, but I'm going to double check now. I just think they really thought about. It, okay, Shaman, Mark mean, Shaman
0: might have been a part of both productions. I know Mark Shaman is all over Thairspray. He might've had a part in Chicago too. I'm going to look know. it up
1: now, but I just think that they really focused on like, if we're going to do these, these movies, These musicals, they gotta be good. And if we're gonna have celebrities, quote unquote celebrities or A-list actors, do it, then they have to be. They have to be able to do it, right? Like we, we wanted to be surprised, and we were. And there's like that is the reason why those two movies were specifically so successful.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: That's that's just. Yeah, I I mean, I.
0: I, well, I mean, we've just seen that make all the world of difference is having that talent be on film that can sing, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. I guess technically this is a, uh, not really a movie musical, but it's been, re- it's been remade 20 times over. A Star is Born, you know, with, you know, Lady mm-hmm. Gaga. The reason why it was so successful is because Lady Gaga's phenomenal singer. You know, so it wasn't like yeah. they had to dub her voice and things like that, you know?
1: So, um, real quick, back to the whole dream girl chicago thing so bill condon wrote the screenplay for chicago and the screenplay for um dream girls and he directed dream girls um rob marshall directed directed chicago but bill condon actually did both screenplays and directed dream girls and i honestly am like yeah makes sense they were both great yep
0: yep i didn't know that was rob marshall yeah, I feel like yes, I did. Yes, I did know that too. Yeah, like I don't know why that um, slipped my mind. And, and then
1: I think as we so then like that was really the beginning, right? Like that was the beginning of of okay, let's bring movie musicals back, which I thought was so amazing because we are really now bringing back that kind of like this is a thing, this is part of entertainment and art culture, and let's make it more accessible for everyone. And I think, unfortunately, there was a bunch of go-arounds after those two where just the talent just wasn't there, right? Or the direction wasn't as thought through. Because taking a, a, a taking something that is meant to be on stage and adapting it for a movie takes a lot of creativity and thought.
0: And unfortunately,
1: I think that if you don't have the right team, it's going to get a little tricky. I think that um into the woods they i think they did a phenomenal job with into the woods i still have a couple of like mm, there's yep. you could have found someone better like you could have,
0: you uh, could have tried a little harder if we're gonna but talk, I about it, talk about it let's talk about the last five years the, mu- the movie adaptation yeah. of the last five years while wow. anna kendra uh and jeremy jordan are phenomenally talented they read incredibly young you know, at the end of the five years and they both appear at the end of the five years, you know? So it's really hard yeah. to see. and, you know, Andrew your you know, like, I've been married and divorced and it's like, you look like you're 12, sweetheart. So like, not that she did not deliver a solid performance. It's just, that was a hard portrayal because she did look so young. So it was a lot harder to sell that very tired, worn out woman at the end of it, you know? Um, and then we also have, we have to mention, you know, the last five years it's not the last five years Lay Mis and how you know Hugh Jackman is wonderfully talented and I think he did great in Greatest Showman and he was even on Broadway in The Boys from Oz but he and well
1: and he will also he's going to be in, on Broadway again in 20 we're supposed to open this fall in a uh, musical Music revival Man. but it yeah it's going to be pushed to 2021 which Honestly, knowing The Music Man and being such a fan of The Music Man myself, like he's going to be an incredible Harold Hill. Like that yes. is so absolutely him. no doubt. I in my think mind. I actually think that my issue with my biggest issue with Lamaze was that I think that I think that that backdrop of what's going on at the time is so, the scale of that is so huge that mm-hmm. I think that unfortunately, even for film, it was like, it was too much, right? It was too much to try to get what does 18, you know, early 1800s France and into mid 1800s France look like, right? And I think that was a huge undertaking for the art direction and, um, and scenic, and the uh, and the um, the dop right. I think like that was such yep. a huge undertaking, um, and I think that they tried their very best. But for me personally, when I rewatch it, it feels like a lot of CGI. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, when they're when they're doing the zoom outs, right, and especially the opening scene with the ship. I'm like, I honestly didn't need to see the ship. I think like it was just it was they were trying. That's something that's so insanely huge. And that doesn't exist in the real world right now. So, how do you make that happen? And I think, unfortunately, I think the ship scene, I think the opening of them trying to do the ship was probably a lot, lot more well done than other parts of that movie. Um, and I think Hugh Drachman was a great Valjean, Val but I think they, they, I mean, let's be honest, like they, <laughs> dropped the ball on Russell Crowe, like, tenfold, right? (laughs) Like, there was just no reason. Javert is arguably even harder of a role vocally than Jean Valjean. And I think, like, that in itself was just, it was so hard to watch. And I think for him, it's like, you could tell. Mise is also a completely sung through show. There is no dialogue. Everything is sung. And I and like you can tell in the movie that Russell Crowe is trying to like focus so hard on making sure that he's like singing correctly and acting correctly that he doesn't portray what Javert is and that relationship dynamic doesn't exist between the two of them in the movie.
0: And that is what my biggest struggle is, is like there are with certain movie musicals, like we you have to sell me on I don't want to suspend disbelief in a movie musical because if on stage i have to suspend disbelief you know and something like Les Mis which you know for those that are more on the dance side of our listeners like Les Mis is a singer's musical you know there's Mm -hmm. very little dance in Les Mis it is a completely sung through show which means there is no everything has music underneath it you are singing absolutely everything it is a masterpiece of musical theater singing but you're if you are not a singer, singer, you are not doing that show because it is vocally demanding on everyone, let alone its leads. Um, and so that to me, I had to suspend. There were moments for Hugh Jackman where I was like, uh, you're that's not your best singing moment. Acting wise, I adored it, you know, and then Russell Crowe, I feel the same way where it was just the ball was dropped because he was working so hard to try to be that singer. Um, That it just didn't translate well. He couldn't, and and
1: he couldn't focus on the acting. Then I mean, it's just we've all seen him do much more incredible work, and I think like it's unfortunate for him as well. And I think I also had a problem with Samantha Bark. I mean, I had she did the 25th anniversary, which is my favorite, the West End, um, which is one of my favorite productions. And sounds beautiful. Besides Nick Jonas.
0: Let me not get started on him. Let me not get started on him. Um, Um, But
1: she's an incredible Eponine, absolutely incredible. And I don't know what direction she was given during the vocal sessions for the movie or the shoot, but I was like, oh girl, like I wanted more. And I know she can do more because I had already seen the 24th, 25th um, concert production where she did Eponine. So I was like, what is this? Like I remember watching on my own and being like, um, "Like you're better.
0: But I've heard you sing this better. Yeah. I just. And there also something if we're talking about like this, there was a big push for like, they're singing live. And us, you know, musical theater was kids were like. That was part of the problem us music theater kids were like, eh, we do this eight times a week, so, like, you ain't impressing us with, like, singing live.
1: Well, I I honestly think that that was part of the problem, right? I think that that's part of, that was a huge issue with the Russell Crowe thing, because he couldn't even, like, sing, like, sing in a recording session, and then at least be able to act through his vocals because he wasn't singing live. I think that was part problem. I think that was probably part of the problem with Samantha Bark. Like, I think that Mm -hmm. I understood why they wanted to do it. It was a really cool concept.
0: I don't think it worked. No. And so we, if we're gonna talk about, you know, music, movie musicals that don't really work out that well, we've gotta talk about Cats. One of my favorite
1: musicals. And um, I just had so much, you know, so many thoughts about it, but
0: When, let's we, move when, on. We, <laughs> when we talk about Cats, it's, it's, it's one of those things where the, again to me the bigger the biggest problem with films currently is that we rely heavily on cg cgi and in a dance movie i don't want to rely on cgi because i want to see the gorgeous bodies and the technique in the dancing and so when cats relied so heavily on cgi it just created more problems than it solved um and that is where like the big struggle you know kind of has lied and that you know that's the the that's where a lot of the pushback became because a lot of people like oh the cgi so no one started talking about the singing or the dancing or the acting like a lot of that just was not mentioned because everyone was so caught up in the cgi and like they're forcing us to suspend disbelief yet again and it's like but i I
1: also think like Uh, For me with Cats, there was no reason why that should have been made into a movie. Also same. There was just no reason, right? Like, I'm confused as to why that was what we chose to do. And I think, like, we were on this, like, awesome role of, like, great, we're doing movie musicals again. Like, let's release one every year. And now we've started to just kind of, like, pick random musicals and be, like, let's just load them in with celebrities who like say they can sing but they're like like can they fully sing to the effect of a broadway of a broadway track um i just didn't even understand the point of why why cats why why
0: and so that kind of brings us to well so we talked about like kind of the differences i kind of want to talk about the hybrids which are you know they're made for film but they're stage musicals and so in the last few years nbc and fox and now abc have gotten into this presenting stage musicals for the camera you know we've had of music peter pan little mermaid uh rent rent hairspray did hairspray Oof. live happen hairspray live no no okay oh, okay it's all a blur some of them were great. Some of them were terrible. Some of them, I was so confused as to what we were doing. Oh, the, the whiz. They did Biz. the whiz. Like, so the first thing is that they more or less stuck to the, the stage version of these shows. So in that regard, I give well, what respect. It,
1: right. And what it was, was the, it was the difference of they didn't shoot it like a movie. They mm-hmm. shot it either on a stage or on or on a, a sound stage, but the set of the sound stage was set up like like it would be the set in a theater. Yep. And it was basically like recorded live, right? So they would do rehearsals and they would do like, you know, dress rehearsals with recording to make sure all the camera angles work, make sure everything mm-hmm. sounds correctly. And then the final presentation would be basically a live stream
0: with no audience. And then, which was weird for me because you kind of needed that applause and energy. And then I remember some of the latter ones, like Rent and Greased, they had audiences like built in around the studio. On on the sound sound stages, they kind of had like audiences built in, you know, like for the school dance, like the bleachers were filled with audience members, you know, so like some of them were creatively done. And I, 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 Again, I support the bringing new musicals to a different generation because a lot of my friends and families and things like that that are not music theater heavy would gather around to watch The Wiz live. Or mm-hmm. they also did Rocky Horror. I forgot about that one. They, you know, Rocky Horror um, or Grease. You know, like when they, re- a lot of my, fa- a lot of friends really did like, you know, seeing Grease again and, you know, remembering all of those songs and dances and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I commend the push for you know network executives to to you know touch base with those old school that's gather around all get together and watch a musical you know so that mm-hmm. I appreciate but some of the things and, and I will also appreciate they did cast a lot of Broadway talent like a lot of people that do musicals filled in a lot of those supporting roles like they definitely yes. filled the larger yes. roles with like big names but like I know like in sound and music. Mother Superior was Arjay McDonald, who has five Tony Awards. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't want to watch the,
1: um All of the kids were Broadway kids. Um, I knew some of them. No, and I, I do, I, I agree. I think I, I applaud the networks for being like, let's bring this back. Let's make this like a family thing. I actually thought Grease was, was very well done. Um, I think they did a pretty good favorite. job with that. Um, Vanessa Hudgens did an incredible job. As Rizzo. Um, sound of music I thought was pretty good. I think like Carrie Underwood tried her very best, but it's just not her role. But everyone else did a fantastic job in that production. Laura um, Bonanji, shout great. out to
0: her. The Wiz was great. I was just missing the
1: audience from The Wiz. Like
0: I wanted that yeah, audience. Yeah, I needed thing. like
1: that hype in between. But The Wiz you was know, great. You know, the applause um, for
0: numbers.
1: I, I love Rocky Horror. I love it. I love me some Tim Curry, Rocky Horror. Uh, it is on my bucket list of shows that I would just love to choreograph. I was excited by some of the casting. Um, and I started watching it and I had to turn it off because one, I remember being like, how are, how are they doing Rocky Horror? Because it's not appropriate mm-hmm. for kids, mm-hmm. right? It shouldn't be on Fox.
0: That but was why I did I was not like, watch it.
1: But I liked some of the people. I was happy with the majority of the casting. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's watch it. And I remember watching it and they took out some songs. They re-worded um worded songs. And I was just like, I can't get down with this. Like you just, sh- then you shouldn't have done it, right? Like if you were gonna yeah. have to go through this length to change the production, Absolutely. you shouldn't have done it
0: in the first place. And that's that's my huge problem with, I, so I have, I'm a huge fan of the movie of Tim Curry and Rocky Horror. Absolutely love it. I'm also a huge fan of the live stage shows that, you know, they acted out on mm-hmm. stage with the movie in the back, or it's like a combination of the two. But like every time I've gone to a live Rocky Horror, it has been made abundantly clear to me that this is not a, ch- a children's family oriented production. There is...
1: Children and you of-
0: shouldn't be watching... The Tim Curry production. Right. <laughs> they are, you know, but especially like the live versions of Rocky Horror that happen around the country and around the world, honestly, every Halloween, like, they're very adult scenes happening. Usually they, they take places at bars and like warehouses that are converted for the show. Oh, so you know, everyone is very scantily clad. There are sexual activities happening left and right. So like, you don't go for that. You go for the show. But like, it's also just, I, I, from jump i said the material in the show is not meant for children and fox is a you know a basic network that everyone has so this was not the right choice at all no. by any means um there were you know you could have gave me a charlie brown halloween and i would have been happier live seeing that live than yes. i would have of thing rocky horror just because i didn't i i you know they made adjustments to went that make me cringe a little bit but like it was the bigger issue was just Rocky Horror, the base material was not meant for children. And so for Fox to try to clean it up, I'm very disappointed that the company that owns the rights to Rocky Horror approved it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, feel the, I, I feel the same way and I feel that same way about Rent as well. Um, again, Rent's highly inappropriate children. Hi. Um, it, it is such a special show and everything that that cast went through is so special. And I think that it was, I'm going to say it, I think it was an atrocious production. And it was so disrespectful, I think, to what that show
0: is and actually means. I and said it, also, it. It also pointed out, so one, the production that was aired was not a live production. It was a recording of the dress rehearsal because the actor that played Roger broke his leg in one of the rehearsals. And so right. only like wait, the last wait. 15 minutes of the show was, was actually, actually live. But also, so-,
1: so you, hold on. So you then chose to to air a, a dress rehearsal, right? Because uh-huh. we just talked about how they will uh-huh. record dress rehearsals to check uh-huh. camera angles, all the things. Uh-huh. It was not a good recording. It wasn't a good show. Ew. So you aired you aired a product that wasn't good. And I don't know how many times they say they say fucking rent and they just like took. It. I was I was I couldn't watch it. I I remember someone turned it on for five minutes and I was like, this is uh-huh. so upsetting and so disrespectful to Jonathan Larson that I was like, oh, God, I can't.
0: Yeah. I'm no. Yeah. Or my thing was just like, so we don't have understudies, we don't have people that can cover these roles, like, and everyone's immediate response was like, oh, it's film, they don't know those things. And I'm like, that stage yeah, I is wanna, packed full of theater professionals. I, I don't want to hear that. I also want to
1: pause on that because at the time that Sound and Music with Carrie Underwood was being cast, which was the first of these like live performances, quote unquote, of musicals. I was working at a talent agency and we had kids going into auditions left and right. We even had a kid who booked one of the understudy roles because there were every single role, just as you do in live theater, had an understudy because you were supposed to be filming it live. So God forbid something were to happen. So I think that that is absolutely ridiculous that they said, that we can't, we don't have an understudy or we can't put an understudy in because we need this name. Well, that name wasn't even good at their job to be perfectly honest. So well, he
0: just wasn't, I don't even know if he was a name. I didn't know the young man. Um, I think it was
1: someone from like a boy band or something. I could look it up, but I just also remember being like, you can't, again,
0: you can't hit these notes. i I'm just remember confused. being confused. So my thought was literally y'all could have paid anthony Rapp and the entire original cast to come back and do the show for me and i would have been happy
1: i Um, also didn't need to see like 17 year olds like doing that show i again i just think like if you know rent at all and you know like what that show is what it means who jonathan larson was i think that it it was actually like a really a, a really disrespectful and
0: for me Thank which you. is why i agree with the disrespect for me and i'll leave it at this is we as a young even like me and danielle who was technically around towards the end of the bigger movement but the the aids epidemic was that was very huge and the people that were around and survived that time and watching their loved ones die to this mysterious disease and and the the consequences of that Rick was born out of that like during the la bbom scene mm-hmm several other things like act out fights AIDS is an actual organization that is currently working today to help those affected by, you know, the AIDS epidemic. So to see these young children who don't have an understanding of the fear and hurt and the way that it affected people left and right. I'm with Danielle. It just generally, I felt hurt for them.
1: What, again, you and I were at the very tail end of the New York city cleanup. I remember going to audition for Tish NYU at like seventeen or eighteen years old and the building was on like Avenue D and Sixth yep. Street and me being like, Ooh, I don't know how I feel about not being in Washington Square Park. Right. But so I think like that's also part of it. That like it it's it was the entire Craziness and what was happening with AIDS in New York City. And city is like,
0: real. Like, what well, was real. Like that it, opening number yes, of like it was, of Alphabet it, City. That was a place you could go to, and so it's just like y'all are barely old and enough to drink. It's not that way that anymore,
1: right? right? It's not that way anymore, and I love that New York's been cleaned up. But New York in the '90s was not in the in the in the late '80s and the '90s was not a clean city, right? Like, it was so something so different. And I think that for kids to now run around and not really understand like, rent is like a real picture of what was going on during that time.
0: Yep. So I, again, I, you just gotta be careful with your movie musicals. And I think this segues into kind of our next one of how have movie musicals changed over the years? I think with a lot, you know, the TV adaptations and the movies, like in the older days, the subject matter sometimes got real, but it was more about, you know, the family coming together for a nice time. And I think Mm. the current movie musicals, some of them have shied away from that. And I don't know if that's always the best thing. Like, again, Rent is not a show we as a family are going to stick down and watch. You know, Rocky Horror, okay, sound, yeah. you know we're gonna sit down and watch. I think it started well because, like, Greece, sound the music, great. You know, but those to those be fair, wonderful. sound the music for those of you know of of Jewish descent, that might be a hard one to sit down and watch, depending. So it's like the, it yeah. can. It's I think it started with well intentions. You know, the hybrid movie musicals type idea, but then you know, it just it hasn't always succeeded very well. So I think that's. Yeah how they've evolved and changed or another thing how they changed on Danielle brought up this point before with kind of Lay Miz uh, not Lay Miz with cats or even honestly to Lay Miz as well is that why do we need a movie movie adap- why do we need a movie adaptation? Um for the longest the Broadway musical Wicked which is one of the top ten longest running musicals now a lot of people are like oh we need a movie version of Wicked and to me I, my first response is if you're not going to bring back Adina and Kristen, no. Uh, the original Glenda and Elphaba, no. But my second thought is also what made Wicked so amazing and, and, and awe inspiring was, first of all, these two women's performances. Adina won the Tony for it, let's be clear. No, Adina didn't win. Did she win for that one? I can look it up as we continue to talk. I think she I think she won for that one or she might have lost out the Carolina change. I can't remember to Tonya Pinkett. I can't remember. But what worked so well for wicked was at the end of act one, though, you know, Elf above the wicked witch of the West flying 60 feet in the air. That is that was theater magic that when she, because we've had flying before, but literally to like build up to this giant moment of Elphaba flying over a stage. And if you're in the audience and you've never seen Wicked, spoiler alerts, you are literally looking up at Alphaba off the ground because mm-hmm. the cast members on stage are looking up at her. So you are then, literally looking at her high in the sky. I don't need a CG version of Idina Menzel no. in front of a green screen belting her face off. I don't, that's not, gotta
1: feel the same yeah I mean okay so yeah so she did win she did win for wicked um I think that that's part of the the experience of being in a theater and I think that's why instead of doing this um, it's kind of what they tried with with the hybrid situation but I think like if someone's like we really want wicked then I would say let's do a Hamilton or Diana Mm -hmm. type of thing Mm -hmm. go into the theater record the show and air that because that's going to be the show in its most authentic form and i just think that there are certain musicals that translate great to film in the heights i'm super excited for it the promos look absolutely incredible i think it translates well to film also man manuel miranda had a lot of say in like what happened? And shout out um, to basically
0: the entire Broadway, the entire New York dance community, because I have friends that are like ballroom dancers that are in the Heights. I have friends that do hip hop. Oh yeah, in like, it's huge. And that, basically, but last that... summer, every friend I knew was like, "I filmed in the Heights," and I was like, I, "I'm sure he did." They took everyone and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so. But that's a like that's
1: it that's a movie that like translates great, right? Like did an incredible job. Um. Something like, even like Into the Woods with Meryl Streep, right? Like, I have some eh, things about parts of that movie, but they were able to create this amazing mm-hmm. fairy tale land that you could see. You know, same thing with Chicago and Dream Girls, but or, there are um, certain, like, I Wicked would not, Wicked would have to rely extremely heavily on CGI. And I think that's just doing it a disservice.
0: And then you cuz like I think of one we haven't mentioned which makes me sad cuz I was obsessed with this. We were in college for this one. Legally Blonde the musical filmed the stage version oh, yeah. and like aired it on MTV which was their target audience. Yeah. And it was it did so well that MTV like aired it for like 3 months straight basically because everyone just kept watching it. You know, and gave it a life beyond that. Because mm-hmm. MTV was their target demographic. And that target demographic wasn't necessarily seeing it on Broadway. So I mean, it still ran for about a year or so. Um, so it had a good run. But like, it's just in general, when they filmed it and aired it and literally the, they did nothing different about the stage version. They changed, I think, one cuss word to something like funny. But beyond that, you got the show that was on Broadway. Yeah. And so also... I think it can be done well when they And I was
1: going to say, I think, I also think part of the reason why they were able to do such a good job, with that was the fact that they chose to air it on MTV. Mm -hmm. I think also part of it is it doesn't need to be on NBC or Fox or like, if I, if you, because let's be honest, like if you had really wanted to do Rent and, and do it well, MTV would have been a better network for that.
0: Or give me an HBO War Showtime, honestly. You know, because I, I, want, I want the knit and the grit. Like if we're going to, and that's the thing. For me with movie musicals, I, like I said, I said earlier, I don't want to suspend disbelief. So when you put something like Rant on Fox, Fox is not going to dig into the heart of the AIDS epidemic. You know, I'm not going to see, you know, Mimi shooting up, which is literally what they do in one scene you know, like right. in YBVOM, in Mimi yeah. and Roger literally go in the bathroom and uh, they, I think they like take their AZT, their, a, their AZT medicine and shoot up at the same time. Or like Mimi disappears to go like, cause she's on a drug bender in the park. Like Fox glazed over all of that. And I'm like, but that's a part of the story that the original founder yeah. want creator wanted a part of it. So like I, it just, it loses stuff in translation when you try to go to, you know, these giant networks. I just don't think it's going it, to, it doesn't translate well. Yeah, uh, I agree. So I, we have to mention, well, it's not that we should have to mention. Which do we think is better, TV movie musicals or film movie musicals? Because we are, you know, the TV versions are things like High School Musical, uh, Camp Rock, Um, I guess technically speaking some of the lifetime biopics could count you know they did the Clark sisters they've done TLC those technically Mm -hmm. are movie musicals I guess loosely if you want to play that game Um, are those better than some of you know or we have the hybrids but like are those better than the flat-out movie musicals that you have to go to the movie theaters to see
1: um in my opinion um i think that for stuff that's more appropriate for children and families um putting something on disney is great right putting it on doing it for tv i think that and of course that we're talking pre and post covid right i'm not talking about in this present day and age um i think that in general though i think that if we're gonna do a film adaptation of a musical whether that be you know for tv or the movie or a movie theater i think that um a movie theater you know a actual film is better because i think the going to the movie theater at least gives you some sort of different sense of seeing it on a big screen Mm -hmm. um that i think can kind of transport you to that realm and kind of you can i think there's more ability to connect the stage to the screen better when we're shooting it for like a big screen movie theater type of situation. Um, I And, and you can rate it whatever you want, because it's not going to be aired on TV.
0: True. I go, I kind of lean towards like the TV, like the high school musicals, can't rock Granted, These are geared towards children. But I, I like I love the familiar, rarity. I not saying that word of just like for y'all are a little bit younger than us, but like Danielle can tell you during the, when high school musical first premiered, it was all that everyone was talking about to the point that they had to make a two. And after they made two, they were like, we need to end this. I guess we have to make a three. And they literally put the third one in movie theaters because it was so successful. And let's play that game. They had Kenny Ortega, who was at the head of this? And Kenny Ortega, for those that don't know, that's Hocus Pocus. That's Hocus Pocus and Glee pro- and Glee and like Glee project. So Ryan Murphy did create Glee, Glee project, but a lot of the um, a lot of the musical direction and like theater, the kind of the a lot of the staging type things on Glee was uh, Kenny Ortega. So like, and cor- correct
1: me if I'm wrong, but didn't he also do um,
0: Newsies? Yes. Um, no, yes. Me yes. Not. Nope, yes. that's him. Kenny Ortega also did Musi's, which is another mu- movie musical. Um, but yeah, so like, I I do love that, like, granted it was a, at the time, it was like a pain because you could not avoid, you could not avoid High School Musical. Um, and I remember, te- I remember I started my teaching career by the time Camp Rock came out, and it was like, who is Demi Lovato? Mm-hmm. Who is Camp Rock? What's happening here? Why are the Johnny Brothers happening? Like, so I do love that that kind of familiarity that it creates with, you know, like TV musicals Um, or even some of like the ones loosely based, like everyone hearing TLC story was kind of nice, you know, like Mm -hmm. and like revisiting their music and things like that. again. so, like, I can kind of, I don't know, I somewhat lean towards the TV movies versus the film versions, just because the film versions have just let me down a lot more, I think. Yeah. So, if you, but I have to ask this one favorite dance movie musical?
1: Um, I don't know. I would have to really revisit um, and look at stuff. I think, um, I mean, I think probably Chicago.
0: Yeah, like Uh, in
1: recent years like not not talking about like our golden age ones like talking about you know talking about like the 2000s forward probably um Chicago because I just think that they um actually paid attention to what that choreography means and
0: looks like um so yeah what about you? It was it's a it's a flat out tie honestly between newsies and Chicago because the best part of me mm-hmm. best the best thing that I love is like cell block tango and the movie version of Chicago is just I almost love it more than the Broadway version it's, it was fantastically done. you know to just see this army of women
1: dancing
0: you know Fosse choreography like it was just very well done so good um so well I'm done i trying to and look then, up who
1: choreographed um He what you choreographic uh chicago for the movie probably I'm rob ashford talking
0: though it's probably rob ashford the director um or or like susan stroman or i don't know that's fossey so they might have brought in like someone from the Fosse estate. so it might have been gwen or one of her proteges yeah. um and with newsies newsies has a special place in my heart just to see that many guys dancing on stage at a musical not on stage but like dancing in a musical really like speaks to my soul um. And so, like, I was—I'm a big fan of that. Um. And yeah, the like, there, like, there's some other movie musicals that have some like sweet spots. I guess we also haven't mentioned like Mama Mia or Mama Mia Two. And I'm like, I'm a big. Oh, yeah. Ad- Honestly, I forgot about it.
1: But I will say, Mama Mia was was good. It was fun, you know. And I yeah. think that's one of those where it did translate well to a
0: movie. Oh yeah. Um.
1: Because that's just
0: also like a fun. It's like a fun show, you know. And it's all like it's so funny to me that like, Mamma Mia, for those who don't know, ran on Broadway. Ma, like Mamma Mia is probably the eleventh or like twelfth long. It's not top ten, but it's just shy of the top ten, of like the longest yeah, running musical. And it, it was. It was top ten for a while, and I think like Wicked wild. and Lion King. And then it got put, yeah. Yeah, it some
1: other stuff surpassed it, but it was—I mean, it was on. Yeah, it's—it's it's definitely. Um, it was like eight or nine uh, yeah, for the say,
0: longest.
1: <laughs> yes, it was like eight for the longest time, and I want to say, yeah, I think it's probably like eleven
0: or twelve now. Um. Yeah. So, like, Mama Mia ran forever, just because, like, if you're like, you—I want, want a good, fun, lighthearted show. Go see Mama Mia. It'll be the singing will be great. The costumes are hilarious. You'll dance and have a good time. You know, and it's the music of Apple. Yeah. So, like, you're never it's fine. not fine yeah
1: i mean i think my biggest thing about this that is like i appreciate so much that we are bringing movie musicals back um mm-hmm. to film and television which is allowing more people who can't afford to go to see a broadway show or to see theater in general to see it so i think there's so many amazing things i just hope that we um take it very seriously when we choose to pick a show and make it into a film adaptation and we are serious about what that needs to look sound and feel like
0: and i definitely want to say like the the accessibility is a huge factor i mean again hamilton being on disney plus like it's one of those things of like hamilton those tickets were insanely expensive um like just go back and look at any of the review boards hamilton you are not going to take it for Hamilton for less than $300 people. And we're talking nosebleeds. Yeah. Um, so Hamilton was very, very, you know, expensive, but like everyone being able to see that, I think that's great. Like Netflix has a mm-hmm. lot of like Shrek is on Netflix. Newsies is on Netflix. Like, so I think, you know, us kind of bringing this tidal wave of movie musicals back definitely just creates, you know, a world where it makes sense. Like someone can watch this movie in the comfort of their home and, and share it with their family their friends you know the the next generation um an older generation you know th- those are the things that like make such a difference I think and we kind of share the world of musical and theater and dance like you know I and then again I have to give shout outs to shows like Glee like I remember just the way people d- were drawn to Glee and I was like I'm happy you have a new generation of people that like are gonna understand what it is when i say i'm a singer i'm a dancer i'm a performer you know oh just like glee absolutely you know mm-hmm. um, so i am saying they were movie musicals i love that we're getting such a diverse group of movie musicals now you know like something like hamilton that, it, that hamilton that is historical and features you know rap music and a musical on stage or you know in the heights is coming out you know it's gonna, you know, hopefully change the conversation about how you look at immigrants coming from a different country, you know? Or, you know, even with us seeing the Diana Princess Diana musical, you know, like all those factors I think will come into play tremendously when we think of movie musicals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with that being said, that brings us to our tip of the week. Um and my tip of the week is a reminder to be kind to yourself and others. We are still in the middle of a pandemic, or I don't know if we're in the middle of it, but we're still in one. We're still in a pandemic, and that is still affecting people in tremendous ways. Um, And then I, for one, am so aware of this. There's still a lot of other life that is happening in the process of, you know, a pandemic. So just be kind to yourself. You know, the new normal is the new normal and a lot of people are adjusting to their new normal in different ways i say just be kind to yourself you know i'm excited to see the arts industry no longer i feel like we're no longer fighting against the constant closures we're kind of just adapting to it now and doing you know online reading you know social distance dance classes Mm -hmm. i've seen more classes out in the parks which i'm like we should have always been doing this i love a good park class you know Mm -hmm. like I've been seeing more outside venues and shows and things like that. Um, and that's been fun and enjoyable to watch and to see. So I um, I just say be, be kind to yourselves. That would be my tip of the week. What about you, Danielle? Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I agree. I think like, you know, we're still trying to all navigate this. And while things are slowly returning to quote unquote back to normal or just reopening and adjusting appropriately appropriately with the times. Um, I think that be kind to yourself. And I also think that be kind to yourself also means like it's, it's okay for you to start doing things as well. It's okay if you're not ready Mm -hmm. and it's also okay if you're like, I'm ready to go back to work. I'm ready to see my friends. Um, I just think that like, you know, you be kind to yourself. Do what you need to do for yourself to continue down like a healthy path. Path, no matter what that is. Um, and you know, if you're teaching and you're going into teaching and you're teaching online, I've had a lot of training on new technology the past two weeks at work to use. I've had to rethink and adapt lessons mm-hmm. from how I was just basically like virtually teaching in the spring to what I actually. Think a virtual lesson can be now, um, and we're all really trying hard. So be kind of yourself with that. Take your time, and also it's a it's okay if it's not perfect, and and it's oh, also absolutely. like okay if it's not what you you know want it to be, because we're all learning together. And I just think the next you know I think the next four to six months are just going to be a, a time of people trying new things and and slowly figuring out what we need to do to be back to kind of kind of what, you know, what was happening before with hopefully a lot better things put in place and a lot more humility in the world.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. Episodes come out every Thursday.
1: You can find us on your
0: favorite podcast apps, don't forget to like comment and subscribe
1: we are point pyt on all social media platforms
0: i'm your co-host tony williams II, second and i'm your co-host diana angelo see you next week on point your toes the adventures of a the nyc comes Up fantasy
1: and you're more than you could ever be because you're dreaming with your eyes wide open Go back again to the world that you were living in Cause you're dreaming with your eyes wide open So come alive